0: Chapter four of By Pike and Dyke A Tale of the Rise of the Dutch Republic. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. By Pike and Dyke by G. A. Henty. Chapter four. Wounded. They dropped anchor a short distance off the port, and then lit some torches and waved to them. The firing is sure to have been heard, Peters said, and they will be sending off to know what is going on. Otherwise there would have been small chance of getting in tonight as the mate anticipated the sound of oars was soon heard and a large boat rowed out towards them it stopped at a distance of a hundred yards and there was a shout of what ship is that the english brig good venture we pray you to allow us to bring our captain who has been sorely wounded by the spaniards on shore what has been the firing we have heard we could see the flashes across the water we have been twice engaged peter shouted first with two spanish galleys and then with a large ship of war which we beat off with heavy loss well done englishmen the voice exclaimed and the boat at once rowed out to the brig you cannot come in to-night the dutch official said for the chain is up across the harbour and the rule is imperative and without exception but i will gladly take your captain on shore and he shall have i promise you the best surgical aid the town can give him is he the only one hurt One of the men has been injured with a splinter, but he needs but bandaging and laying up for a few days. We have had a shot or two through our bulwarks, and the sails are riddled. The captain's son is below with him. He acts as second mate, and will tell you all about this affair into which we were forced. Very well. We will take him ashore with us, then. There is quite an excitement there. The news that a sea-fight was going on brought all the citizens to the walls.' The mattress upon which Captain Martin was lying was brought out and lowered carefully into the stern of the boat. Ned took his seat beside it, and the boat pushed off. Having passed the forts, they entered the port and rowed to the landing-place. A number of citizens, many of them carrying torches, were assembled here. "'What is the news?' a voice asked as the boat approached. "'It is an English ship, burgomaster. "'She has been hotly engaged, first with Spanish galleys, and then with a warship, "'which was doubtless the one seen beating up this afternoon. "'She sank one of the galleys and beat off the ship.' "'A loud cheer broke from the crowd. "'When it subsided, the official went on. "'I have the English captain and his son on board. "'The captain is sorely wounded, and I have promised him the best medical aid the town can give him. "'That he shall have,' the burgomaster said. "'Let him be carried to my house at once.' Hans part do you hurry on and tell my wife to get a chamber prepared instantly you have heard who it is and why he is coming and i warrant me she will do her best to make the brave englishman comfortable do two others of you run to dr Zobel and Haring and pray them to hasten to my house let a stretcher be fetched instantly from the town hall as soon as the stretcher was brought the mattress was placed on it and six of the sailors carried it on shore the crowd had by this time greatly increased for the news had rapidly spread every head was bared in token of sympathy and respect as the litter was brought up the crowd fell back and formed a lane and led by the burgomaster the sailors carried the wounded man into the town he was taken upstairs to the room prepared for him and the surgeons were speedily in attendance medicine in those days was but a primitive science but the surgery though rough and rude was far ahead of the sister art wars were of such constant occurrence that surgeons had ample opportunity for practice and simple operations such as the amputation of limbs were matters of very common occurrence it needed but a very short examination by the two surgeons to enable them to declare that the leg must at once be amputated the bone appears to be completely smashed one of them said doubtless the ball was fired at a very short distance a groan burst from ned when he heard the decision i knew that it would be so ned his father said i never doubted it for a moment it is well that i have been able to obtain aid so speedily better a limb than life my boy i did not wince when i was hit and with god's help i can stand the pain now do you go away and tell the burgomaster how it all came about and leave me with these gentlemen as soon as ned had left the room sobbing in spite of his efforts to appear manly the captain said now gentlemen since this must be done i pray you to do it without loss of time i will bear it as best i can i promise you and as three or four and twenty years at sea makes a man pretty hard and accustomed to rough usage i expect i shall stand it as well as another the surgeons agreed that there was no advantage in delay and indeed that it was far better to amputate it before fever set in they therefore returned home at once for their instruments the knives and saws the irons that were to be heated white-hot to stop the bleeding and the other appliances in use at the time Had Ned been aware that the operation would have taken place so soon, he would have been unable to satisfy the curiosity of the burgomaster and citizens to know how it had happened that an English trader had come to blows with the Spaniards. But he had no idea that it would take place that night, and thought that probably some days would elapse before the surgeons finally decided that it was necessary to amputate it. One of the surgeons had, at the captain's request, called the burgomaster aside as he left the house, and begged him to keep the lad engaged in conversation until he heard from him that all was over. This the burgomaster willingly promised to do, and as many of the leading citizens were assembled in the parlour to hear the news, there was no chance of Ned's slipping away before you begin to tell us your story young sir we should be glad to know how it is that you speak our language so well for indeed we could not tell by your accent that you are not a native of these parts which is of course impossible seeing that your father is an englishman and captain of the ship lying off there my mother comes from near here ned said she is the daughter of Mynheer plomart who lived at vordwick two miles from amsterdam she went over to england when she married my father but when he was away on his voyages she always spoke her own language to us children so that we grew to speak it naturally as we did english ned then related the news that met them on their arrival at his grandfather's home and the exclamation of fury on the part of his father it is a common enough story with us here the burgomaster said for few of us but have lost friends or relatives at the hands of these murderous tyrants of ours but to you living in a free land truly it must have been a dreadful shock and i wonder not that your father's indignation betrayed him into words which if overheard might well cost a man his life in this country they were overheard and reported ned said and then proceeded to relate the warning they had received the measures they had taken to get off unperceived the accidental meeting with the guard-boat and the way in which it had been sunk the pursuit by the galleys and the fight with them and then the encounter with the spanish ship of war and you say your father never relaxed his hold of the tiller when struck the burgomaster said in surprise i should have thought he must needs have fallen headlong to the ground He told me, Ned replied, that at the moment he was hit he was pushing over the tiller and had his weight partly on that and partly on his other leg. Had it been otherwise he would of course have gone down, for he said that for a moment he thought his leg had been shot off. When Ned finished his narrative the burgomaster and magistrates were loud in their exclamations of admiration at the manner in which the little trader had both fought and deceived her powerful opponent it was gallantly done indeed the burgomaster said truly it seems marvellous that a little ship with but twenty hands should have fought and got safely away from the don pedro for that was the ship we saw pass this afternoon we know her well for she has often been in port here before we declared for the prince of orange a month ago the beggars of the sea themselves could not have done better could they my friends though we dutchmen and zealanders believe that there are no sailors that can match our own The story had taken nearly an hour to tell, and Ned now said, "'With your permission, sir, I will now go up to my father again.' "'You had best not go for the present,' the burgomaster said. "'The doctor asked me to keep you with me for a while, for that he wished his patient to be entirely undisturbed. He is by his bedside now, and will let me know at once if your father wishes to have you with him.' A quarter of an hour later a servant called the burgomaster out. The surgeon was waiting outside." it is finished he said and he has borne it well scarce a groan escaped him even when we applied the hot irons but he is utterly exhausted now and we have given him an opiate and hope that he will soon drop off to sleep my colleague will remain with him for four hours and then i will return and take his place you had best say nothing to the lad about it he would naturally want to see his father we would much rather that he should not therefore tell him please that his father is dropping off to sleep and must not on any account be disturbed and that we are sitting up with him by turns and will let him know at once should there be any occasion for his presence ned was glad to hear that his father was likely to get off to sleep and although he would gladly have sat up with him he knew that it was much better that he should have the surgeon beside him the burgomaster's wife a kind and motherly woman took him aside into a little parlour where a table was laid with a cold capon some manchets of bread and a flask of the burgomaster's best wine as ned had eaten nothing since the afternoon and it was now past midnight he was by no means sorry to partake of some refreshment When he had finished, he was conducted to a comfortable little chamber that had been prepared for him, and in spite of his anxiety about his father, it was not long before he fell asleep. The sun was high before he awoke. He dressed himself quickly, and went downstairs, for he feared to go straight to his father's room lest he might be sleeping you have slept well the burgomaster's wife said with a smile and no wonder after your fatigues the surgeon has just gone and i was about to send up to wake you for he told me to tell you that your father had passed a good night and that you can now see him ned ran upstairs and turning the handle of the door very quietly entered his father's room captain martin was looking very pale but ned thought that his face had not the drawn look that had marked it the evening before how are you my dear father I am going on well, Ned, at least so the doctors say. I feel I shall be but a battered old hulk when I get about again, but your mother will not mind that, I know. And do the doctors still think that they must take the leg off? Ned asked hesitatingly. That was their opinion last night, Ned, and it was my opinion too. And so the matter was done offhand, and there is an end of it. Done offhand? Ned repeated. Do you mean— And he hesitated. Do I mean that they have taken it off? Certainly I do, Ned. They took it off last night when you were downstairs in the burgomaster's parlour, but I thought it would be much better for you not to know anything about it until this morning. Yes, my boy, thank God, it is all over. I don't say that it wasn't pretty hard to bear, but it had to be done, you know, and the sooner it was over the better. There is nothing worse than lying, thinking about a thing. Ned was too affected to speak, but with tears streaming down his cheeks, leant over and kissed his father. The news had come as a shock to him, but it seemed to have lifted a weight from his mind. The worst was over now, and although it was terrible to think that his father had lost his leg, still this seemed a minor evil after the fear that perhaps his life might be sacrificed. Knowing that his father should not be excited, or even talk more than was absolutely necessary, Ned stayed but a few minutes with him, and then hurried off to the ship, where, however, he found that the news that the captain's leg had been amputated, and that the doctors hoped he would go on well, had been known some hours before, as Peters had come on shore with the first dawn of daylight for news, and heard from the burgomaster's servant that the amputation had taken place the evening before, and an hour later had learned from the lips of the doctor who had been watching by the captain's bedside, that he had passed a fairly good night, and might so far be considered to be doing well what do you think we had better do master ned of course it will be for the captain to decide but in these matters it is always best to take counsel beforehand for although it is of course what he thinks in the matter will be done still it may be that we might direct his thoughts and the less thinking he does in his present state the better what do you mean as to what is to be done peters well your father is like to be here many weeks indeed if i said many months i don't suppose it would be far from the truth things never go on quite smooth there are sure to be inflammations and fever keeps on coming and going and if the doctor says three months like enough it is six of course i shall stay here and nurse him peters well master ned that will be one of the points for the captain to settle i do not suppose he will want the good venture to be lying idle all the time he is laid up and though i can sail the ship the trading business is altogether out of my line you know all the merchants he does business with going ashore as you most always do with him i doubt not that you could fill his place and deal with them just the same as if he was here but I cannot leave him at present. No, no, master Ned, no one would think of it. Now what I have been turning over in my mind is that the best thing for the captain and for you and your good mother is that I should set sail in the venture without the loss of a day and fetch her over. If the wind is reasonable and we have good luck, we may be back in ten days or so. By that time the captain may be well enough to think where we had better go for a cargo, and what course had best be taken about things in general.' i think that would certainly be the best plan peters and i will suggest it to my father at once he is much more likely to go on well if my mother is with him and she would be worrying sadly at home were she not by his side besides it will be well for her to have something to occupy her for the news of what has befallen her father and brothers will be a terrible blow to her If I put it in that way to him, I doubt not that he will agree to the plan, otherwise he might fear to bring her out here in such troubled times, for there is no saying when the Spaniards will gather their army to recover the revolted cities, or against which they will first make their attempts. I will go back at once, and if he be awake I will tell him that you and I agree that it would be best for you to sail without loss of an hour to fetch my mother over, and that we can then put off talking about other matters until the ship returns." ned at once went back to his father's bedroom he found the captain had just awoke from a short sleep father i do not want to trouble you to think at present but will tell you what master peters and i who have been laying our heads together concluded is best to be done you are likely to be laid up here for some time and it will be far the best plan for the good venture to sail over and fetch mother to nurse you i shall get on well enough ned there are kindly people here and regarding our fight with the spaniards as a sign of our friendship and goodwill towards them they will do all in their power for me yes father i hope indeed that you will go on well and i am sure that the good people here will do their best in all ways for you and of course i will nurse you to the best of my power though indeed this is new work for me but it was not so much you as mother that we were thinking of it will be terrible for her when the news comes that her father and brothers are all killed and that you are lying here sorely wounded it will be well-nigh enough to drive her distraught but if she were to come over here at once she would while busying about you have less time to brood over her griefs and indeed i see not why she should not be told what has happened at vordwick until she is here with you and you can break it to her it will come better from your lips and for your sake she will restrain her grief there is a great deal in what you say ned and indeed i long greatly to have her with me but holland is no place at present to bring a woman to and i suppose also that she would bring the girls for she could not well leave them in a house alone there are plenty of friends there who would be glad to take them in but that she could decide upon herself however as she is a native here she will probably consider she may well run the same risks as the rest of her countrywomen they remain with their fathers and husbands and endure what perils there may be and she will see no reason why she should not do the same what we propose is that the venture should set sail at once and fetch my mother over and the girls if she sees fit to bring them i shall of course stay here with you until the brig returns and by that time you will i hope be strong enough to talk over what had best be done regarding the ship and business generally well have your way ned at present i cannot think over things and see what is best so i will leave the matter in your hands and truly i should be glad indeed to have your mother here with me well content to have obtained the permission ned hurried from the room as the burgomaster returned he asked when he reached the lower story he has just come in and i was coming up to tell you that dinner is served is it eleven o'clock already ned exclaimed i had no idea it was so late he entered the room and bowed to the burgomaster and his wife worshipful sir he said i have just obtained leave from my father to send our ship off to london to fetch hither my mother to come to nurse him i trust that by the time she arrives he will be able to be moved and then they will take lodgings elsewhere so as not to trespass longer upon your great kindness and hospitality i think that it is well that your mother should come over the burgomaster said for a man who has had the greater part of his leg taken off cannot be expected to get round quickly besides after what you told us last night about the misfortune that has befallen her family it were best that she should be busied about her husband and so have little time to brood over the matter As to hospitality, it would be strange indeed if we should not do all that we could for a brave man who has been injured in fighting our common enemy. Send word to your mother that she will be as welcome as he is, and that we shall be ready in all respects to arrange whatever she may think most convenient and comfortable. And now you had best sit down and have your meal with us. As soon as it is over I will go down with you to the wharf, and will do what I can to hasten the sailing of your ship." i don't think he went on when they had taken their seats at table that there is much chance of her meeting another spaniard on her way out to sea for we have news this morning that some ships of the beggars have been seen cruising off the entrance and the spaniards will be getting under shelter of their batteries at amsterdam I hear they are expecting a fleet from Spain to arrive soon, to aid in their operations against our ports. However, I have little fear that they will do much by sea against us. I would we could hold our own as well on the land as we can on the water. Ned found the meal extremely long and tedious, for he was fretting to be off to hasten the preparations on board the Good Venture, and he was delighted when at last the burgomaster said, "'Now, my young friend, we will go down to the wharf together.' but although somewhat deliberate the burgomaster proved a valuable assistant when he had told ned that he would do what he could to expedite the sailing of the ship the lad had regarded it as a mere form of words for he did not see how he could in any way expedite her sailing as soon however as they had gone on board and ned had told peters that the captain had given his consent to his sailing at once the burgomaster said you can scarce set sail before the tide turns master peters for the wind is so light that you would make but little progress if you did from what master martin tells me you came off so hurriedly from amsterdam that you had no time to get ballast on board it would be very venturesome to start for a voyage to england unless with something in your hold I will give orders that you shall be furnished at once with sandbags, otherwise you would have to wait your turn with the other vessels lying here, for ballast is, as you know, a rare commodity in Holland, and we do not like parting even with our sand hills. In the meantime, as you have well nigh six hours before you get under way, I will go round among my friends, and see if I cannot procure you a little cargo that may pay some of the expenses of your voyage.' accordingly the burgomaster proceeded at once to visit several of the principal merchants and representing that it was the clear duty of the townsfolk to do what they could for the men who had fought so bravely against the spaniards he succeeded in obtaining from them a considerable quantity of freight upon good terms and so zealously did he push the business that in a very short time drays began to arrive alongside the good venture and a number of men were speedily at work in transferring the contents to her hold and before evening she had taken on board a goodly amount of cargo ned wrote a letter to his mother telling her what had taken place and saying that his father would be glad for her to come over to be with him but that he left it to her to decide whether to bring the girls over or not he said no word of the events at vordwick but merely mentioned that they had learned that a spy had denounced his father to the spaniards as having used expressions hostile to the king and the religious persecutions and that on this account he would have been arrested had he not at once put to sea peters was charged to say nothing as to what he had heard about the Plomarts unless she pressed him with questions He was to report briefly that they were so busy with the unloading of the ship at Amsterdam that Captain Martin had only once been ashore, and leave it to be inferred that he only landed to see the merchants to whom the cargo was consigned. "'Of course, Peters, if my mother presses you as to whether any news has been received from Vordwick, you must tell the truth, but if it can be concealed from her it will be much the best. She will have anxiety enough concerning my father.' i will see peters said what can be done doubtless at first she will be so filled with the thought of your father's danger that she will not think much of anything else but on the voyage she will have time to turn her thoughts in other directions and she is well nigh sure to ask about her father and brothers i shall be guided in my answers by her condition mistress martin is a sensible woman and not a girl who will fly into hysterics and rave like a madwoman It may be, too, she will feel the one blow less for being so taken up with the other. However, I will do the best I can in the matter, Master Ned. Truly your friend the Burgomaster is doing us right good service. I had looked to lose this voyage to England, and that the ten days I should be away would be fairly lost time. But now, although we shall not have a full hold, the freight will be ample to pay all expenses and to leave a good profit beside.' As soon as the tide turned, the hatches were put on, the vessel was warped out from her berth, and a few minutes later was under sail. Ned had been busy helping to stow away the cargo as fast as it came on board, twice running up to see how his father was getting on. Each time he was told by the woman whom the burgomaster had now engaged to act as nurse that he was sleeping quietly. When he returned after seeing the good venture fairly under way, he found on peeping quietly into the room that Captain Martin had just woke i have had a nice sleep ned he said as the lad went up to his bedside i see it is already getting dark as the brig sailed she has just gone out of port father the wind is light and it was no use starting until tide turned although indeed the tides are of no great account in these inland waters. Still we had to take some ballast on board as our hold was empty, and they might meet with storms on their way home, so they had to wait for that. But indeed, after all, they took in but little ballast, for the burgomaster bestirred himself so warmly in our favor that the merchants sent down goods as fast as we could get them on board. And short as the time was, the main hold was well nigh half full before we put on the hatches, so that her voyage home will not be without a good profit after all that is good news ned for although as far as i am concerned the money is of no great consequence one way or the other i am but part owner and the others might well complain at my sending the ship home empty to fetch my wife instead of attending to their interests i am sure they would not have done that father seeing how well you do for them and what good money the venture earns why i have heard you say she returns her value every two years so that they might well have gone without a fortnight's earnings without murmuring I don't suppose they would have murmured ned for they are all good friends of mine and always seem well pleased with what i do for them still in matters of business it is always well to be strict and regular and i should have deemed it my duty to have calculated the usual earnings of the ship for the time she was away and to have paid my partners their share as if she had been trading as usual it is not because the ship is half mine and that i and my partners make good profit out of her that i have a right to divert her from her trade for my own purposes as you say my partners might be well content to let me do so but that is not the question i should not be content myself we should always in business work with a good conscience being more particular about the interests of those who trust us than of our own indeed on the bare ground of expediency it is best to do so for then if misfortune happens trade goes bad or your vessel is cast away they will make good allowance for you knowing that you are a loser as well as they and that at all times you have thought as much of them as of yourself lay this always to heart lad it is unlikely that i shall go to sea much more and ere long you will be in command of the good venture always think more of the interests of those who trust you than of your own they have put their money into the ship relying upon their partner's skill and honesty and courage even at a loss to yourself you should show them always that this confidence is not misplaced do your duty and a little more lad most men do their duty it is the little more that makes the difference between one man and the other i have tried always to do a little more and i have found my benefit from it in the confidence and trust of my partners in the ship and of the merchants with whom i do business however i am right glad that the ship is not going back empty I shall reckon how much we should have received for the freight that was promised me at amsterdam then you will give me an account of what is to be paid by the merchants here the difference i shall make up as is only right seeing that it is entirely from my own imprudence in expressing my opinion upon affairs particular to myself and in no way connected with the ship that i was forced to leave without taking in that cargo ned listened in silence to his father's words and resolved to lay to heart the lessons they conveyed He was proud of the high standing and estimation in which his father was held by all who knew him, and he now recognized fully for the first time how he had won that estimation. It was not only that he was a good sailor, but that in all things men were assured that his honor could be implicitly relied upon, and that he placed the interest of his employers beyond his own. After the first day or two Ned could see but little change in his father's condition. He was very weak and low, and spoke but seldom. Doubtless his bodily condition was aggravated now by the thought that must be ever present to him that his active career was terminated. He might indeed be able when once completely cured to go to sea again, but he would no longer be the active sailor he had been, able to set an example of energy to his men when the winds blew high and the ship was in danger. And unless fully conscious that he was equal to discharging all the duties of his position, Captain Martin was not the man to continue to hold it ned longed anxiously for the return of the good venture he knew that his mother's presence would do much for his father and that whatever her own sorrows might be she would cheer him captain martin never expressed any impatience for her coming but when each morning he asked ned the first thing which way the wind was blowing his son knew well enough what he was thinking of in the meantime ned had been making inquiries and he arranged for the hire of a comfortable house whose inhabitants being catholics had when Anckhausen declared for the prince of orange removed to amsterdam for although the prince insisted most earnestly and vigorously that religious toleration should be extended to the Catholics, and that no one should suffer for their religion, all were not so tolerant, and when the news arrived of wholesale massacres of Protestants by Alva's troops, the lower class were apt to rise in riot, and to retaliate by the destruction of the property of the Catholics in their towns ned had therefore no difficulty in obtaining the use of the house on extremely moderate terms from the agent in whose hands its owner had placed his affairs at Ankhausen. the burgomaster's wife had at his request engaged two female servants and the nurse would of course accompany her patient The burgomaster and his wife had both protested against any move being made, but Ned, although thanking them earnestly for their hospitable offer, pointed out that it might be a long time before his father could be about, that it was good for his mother to have the occupation of seeing to the affairs of the house to divert her thoughts from the sick-bed, and, as it was by no means improbable that she would bring his sisters with her, it would be better in all respects that they should have a house of their own the doctors having been consulted agreed that it would be better for the wounded man to be among his own people and that no harm would come of removing him carefully to another house a change even a slight one is often a benefit they agreed and more than counterbalances any slight risk that there may be in a patient's removal from one place to another providing that it be gently and carefully managed Therefore it was arranged that as soon as the good venture was seen approaching, Captain Martin should be carried to his new abode, where everything was kept prepared for him, and that his wife should go direct to him there. End of chapter 4